Welcome to the Betterism Podcast, a learning community seeking out life's unusual lessons from its unlikely places. I'm your host, Glenn Binger, author, teacher, and coach, and I'm here to help spark some collective growth. I hope you'll stick around and teach us a thing or two, but first, a few words from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Elevator Stories. Elevator Stories was established in 2020, and it's a multimedia literary journal with various levels that represent various themes, like colors, heaven, and hell. Their latest issue is level four, Destination, for all of your traveling desires. Visit 30westph.com slash elevator stories. That's 30 spelled out, West ph.com slash elevator stories to view all of their levels and submission guidelines. Elevator stories is brought to you by 30 West Publishing can only go down from here. All right. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Betterism podcast. Today, we have a special guest, a fellow writer and podcaster, Sarah Werner of the Right Now podcast and Girl in Space podcast. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Glenn. I'm so excited to be here. I am excited to have you on um, and pick your brain, fellow <laughs> podcaster in. I've been following your um, your Right Now podcast for, I want to say, a couple of years now. Oh, thank you. Um, and it's Absolutely. And this, this is why I wanted to have you on, too. It's it's very It's been very helpful with keeping my creative mind mm. uh going but also like at ease <laughs> in these crazy times <laughs> um you know i find it's for me at least personally it's 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 been difficult to remain creative amongst what's going on in the world right now yes. so i feel like your podcast has helped with that but i figured we'd start off with that yeah. um your your right now podcast is kind of the hub i feel like we kind of use as the center and kind of drift around but um do you want to talk a little bit about how that got started and um what kind of brought you to the podcasting realm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I started uh, the Right Now podcast in 2015. That's when it launched. Um, but before that, I was a blogger and I was a frustrated blogger. And uh, I was one <laughs> blog out of, oh, I don't know. I want to say there's probably billions of blogs. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I would spend all this time writing and crafting a post and trying to be encouraging for people. But I just had so much trouble finding my audience. And I don't know now looking back if that was because it was a pretty mediocre blog or because I wasn't trying hard enough to find my audience or if I was just, you know, one drop in an ocean of creators. And in 2013, my good friend Peter, who at the time had the 168 Opportunities podcast, was like, Sarah, you should think, you know, about turning your blog into a podcast because I'd been kind of crabbing to him about like, oh, this get, it's not getting any traction and I'm getting like two viewers and I think they're just people I know who feel sorry for me. And, <laughs> um, and so Peter suggested I do a podcast and this was 2013. And so there weren't, um, we hadn't really jumped into the big podcasting boom yet, which happened very quickly um, starting, you know, just a year or two later. Um, but there weren't yeah. also a lot of women in podcasting. And he's like, this could be, you know, your chance to differentiate yourself and to really, you know, keep your same message, but reach a whole bunch of different people. And so, of course, I did what a lot of us creators do best. And I put it off for about a year and a half <laughs> <laughs> because it was scary. You know, um, the, the thought of getting my voice out there was intimidating. The thought of being heard and or seen was horrifying. You know, initially, I love writing because you can hide behind your screen and you have all the time in the world to perfect or, you know, improve your writing. Whereas, you know, when you're speaking, uh, there's not, you can't really polish it as nicely. And, and at the time I was a huge perfectionist. Right. Um, and also the other thing was that I was so intimidated by the equipment and the tech. Um, I, I only had a writer's background. I did not have a sound designer background or an editor's background, <laughs> anything like that. And the thought of, all that equipment just terrified me. And so I put it off and I put it off until I came at it with this mindset of experimentation. 
Uh, at the time, I was a digital strategist. I was working for a marketing company and we built websites and all sorts of other stuff. And I was like, oh, I pretty much just do experimentation every day for my job. And I advise my clients to do the same, to look at everything as a grand experiment. And so why can't this just be an experiment? You know, something I try out and have fun doing and learn from. And that's really what got me going with the Right Now podcast. It was just going to be this experiment of... Um, translating my written blog into sort of an audio format. And it took off. It went pretty well. Um, I'm not going to say it like, oh, it made me millions of dollars because podcasting really doesn't do that by itself. But right. um, it sure. was hundreds of times more successful and it reached hundreds more people and thousands more people than my blog, I think, could have. So that's sort of the genesis of the Right Now podcast. Oh, and I should probably also say uh, the podcast is a podcast for writers and creators, and it helps people find the time, energy, and courage they need to pursue their passion and and just create and to write. Um, and so that was the same message that my blog had initially been about. Right. And that's, again, like I, you know, I know you've been in the, the game for a while, which has been helpful to kind of see, like, you kind of lay out that that roadmap for others. I know it's helped me. Like we were talking before we started recording like this, this podcast, Bar Betterism has, was like my quarantine yes. project, right? Like I kind of started that in the same mindset of, of wanting to grow and uh, I guess become a better speaker. Like, cause I'm very much like you. I started off as a writer, right? Like I, I kind of sat down, I tried to create a blog, tried to like put my name out writing books yes. and, and getting things in publications and stuff, which don't get me wrong. I, you know, I still do that and I still love that yeah. side of it, but the traction piece was not as quick as the podcast yeah. piece. And I noticed <laughs> that not, not that I'm like a crazy about tracking my stats and stuff, but you know, you, you, you want notice. to check in and see you how you're, when, how you're yeah, growing. So yeah. that's right. And I don't know. I feel like the podcast had such more potential to kind of reach a wider audience. And a lot of times I find that like, you know, what I'm writing on the blog is kind of mirrored in the podcast anyway. So like the podcast tends to be like a long form discussion and then like the results, the ideas, the concepts, the takeaways all end up on the blog anyway. So it's kind of like just, it's another step that I was doing, but I wasn't publishing. Yes. yes. You know? Oh, I absolutely love that. I abs and the, the same, yeah, the same is true for me as well. Like you just get more ideas by having conversations. Um, I absolutely love that. And it's, um, you know, I, your podcast, especially with, with right now, um, is, has been so helpful through the process of trying to maintain and oh, balance that stuff <laughs> for sure. Um, and I definitely, you know, I was curious, how did you, where did you start with like the equipment and the, the setup behind it? Because now, I mean, like I use, I yeah. use anchor, right. And anchor is pretty intuitive. It's pretty easy. You just, you know, it's an app on your phone or like a website, you create account kind of thing. It links to your, you know, Stripe account and all that stuff. But before anchor was a thing, you had to kind of <laughs> jump through a few more hoops. <laughs> so how did you start that, that side of it? Yeah. Um, if someone is looking to go yeah. more traditional. Oh, and I really appreciate you asking that too. That's one of the things um, that's one of the reasons I was so intimidated when I started because there really was no, um, centralized publishing hub for podcasts, you kind of had to like cobble it together from a bunch of different stuff. Um, again, yeah. because the it was sort of a, a medium that had not really gone mainstream yet. Um, so yeah, uh, I went out to Cliff Ravenscraft had a little set of podcasting 101 videos. And I want to say he made them in like 2010. So they're about 11, maybe 11 or 12 years old now. Um, so, but, okay. and, and a lot of the things out there are outdated, but it's kind of a little time capsule of what podcasting used to look like, which is, um, and for me, I was working with zero budget and something that's important for me is making sure that people feel empowered to create, even if they don't have like thousands of dollars, you know, to invest because a lot right. of that equipment can sure. get so expensive. Um, you know, there's $800 yeah. mics, there's, you know, 
whatever, all the software can get expensive. <laughs> so I started out um, with a borrowed microphone. I borrowed a snowball, a Yeti snowball, or excuse me, a blue snowball. Mm, that's uh, what I use. Yeah, from use, yeah. Uh, from someone. And I used an old laptop that I had had. And I used free software. So I used Audacity for my editing, um, which is just free open source okay. uh, software. And I went through uh, Cliff's videos. And just as he went, he was like, okay, you know, you're going to need some recording software. And I was like, okay, okay, Audacity is free. So I can use that. And, you know, you'll need a microphone, you'll need headphones, you'll need a computer, and you'll need something to talk about. And I was like, okay, well, that I've got, you know, I've got, I could talk all day about writing and creativity. Right, right. Um, but it was just, it was so convoluted. You know, you had to record it and then you had to, um, like export your file somewhere else to turn it into an MP3 and encode it with all of the metadata and an ID3 editor. And it was just like this nightmare. So I'm really grateful now that um, companies like Anchor have made podcasting so much more accessible and user-friendly um, because the the tech was yeah. initially just, you know, especially for someone like me, who's not, uh, you know, used to this kind of stuff. It was just like a little bit of a nightmare. <laughs> Right. It's well, it's overwhelming, you know, because I will I, I I say this was my quarantine project, right? But I had the idea yeah. well before that. It was just a matter of like putting all the pieces together. Um, you know, and I'm glad like you said, I'm I'm glad that there are more opportunities for uh for people to kind of reach out and experiment with those ideas. But like ten years ago, like you were saying, it it was not <laughs> it was like not. That. <laughs> it was almost like being a ham um, radio. I, person. You know, I have, it was like, okay, yeah, you gotta, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right i was still, you know 10 years ago I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to like build mm -hmm. a blog you know let alone let alone then try to incorporate the audio side of it and i have i i have a little bit of producing background you know i was in like oh, bands cool. and stuff in high school so i know a little bit about recording but i didn't know enough to like then take that and then distribute it and then you know get it out there <laughs> so i think the technology and the evolution of the technology has definitely been extremely helpful in that regard so let me ask you what does your setup look like now versus when you started <laughs> it has, has it's it changed, changed just a little bit um and i and i like to be i like to be really honest when i'm talking with people about you know creative tools and stuff and i like to make sure that they are accessible so when i started like i said i had that borrowed snowball mic um i had a an old laptop that i was using that actually had a quiet fan so that was important so the mic didn't pick up the fan sound um the snowball's mm -hmm. a usb mic which meant that i didn't have have to worry about a mixer or anything like that, which I was very grateful for. Um, and then I had a, uh, a piece of audio foam, a piece of acoustic foam, um, because treating your, your podcasting area just so that you don't get a nasty echo. Um, so it doesn't sound like you're in a long mm -hmm. cement hallway giving your podcast um, can be important too. So I got <laughs> a piece of audio acoustic foam from the local guitar center um, and they charged me $30 for it, which I think I got away with a steal on that one, but they just kind of like ripped it off the wall and sold it to yeah. me, which was very cool. Um, but yeah, I still use that piece of audio <laughs> foam. Um, I'm the only thing that I've really changed is I have a blue Yeti now, which is just sort of the next step up from the snowball. Um, I feel like as a person who now sort of podcasts professionally, I should probably invest in something else. But at the same time, I like to be a role model for people who don't have access to, you know, the thousands of dollars of equipment. And so I kind of almost enjoy uh, my little my little setup here with my towels and my acoustic foam and my blue Yeti. <laughs> Um, and my, and I'm still using audacity <laughs> as well, even though people yell at me constantly to stop using it. So I, too. <laughs> I like audacity. I, I feel like it's very helpful. Um, and it's just like super easy. You know, it's not like, it's not overwhelming, like garage band and things like that can get kind of overwhelming yeah. because there's so much, whereas audacity, it's like, there's it's four terrible. or five pieces. As long yeah. as you know what they do, <laughs> then you're okay. <laughs> So that's so funny. I, you know, and I think that's also um, that's part of the draw to your podcast well, is that you. authenticity and the the back and forth of like this is you know yeah I'm, I'm I'm professional but I'm still doing it this way and you can do it without this budget and this is how you do it like that that kind of honest and upfront advice I think is part of the draw 
Okay. At least that's what drew me into the right now podcast. That means so much for to sure. me. It's so it's so um, important. It's so important. Um, I I grew up in oh yeah, and I, I know I'm not alone. I totally too. interrupted you, and I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. That's my fault. I I'm uh, I I <laughs> interrupt a lot. <laughs> no, I apologize. Uh, just so you what know, I I say? grew up in a poor area and and in a school system that really didn't have a lot of funding, and so you know you kind of have to learn to like be creative and make do and be resourceful with what you have. And I never want to um, role model any sort of gatekeeping. So like, oh yeah, no, sorry. You can't have a good podcast unless you have a thousand dollar mic or, you know, you can't write a novel unless you have whatever, an expensive pen and all the time in the world. Like, no, these things need to be accessible to everyone because it's so important for us to express our art and our creativity. So. Yeah. The last thing we want is to limit more things based on finances like especially things that don't generally make podcasting or writing yes (laughs) that's right right you don't you don't want to gatekeep those things (laughs) so um okay so let's let's talk a little bit about girl in space there's um you'd won some awards with that show um did that come before so that came or after, after right, right now? And so Girl in Space is a fictional podcast. And I did not even know that fictional podcasts existed um, until I spoke with somebody in an interview on my Right Now podcast, my interview with Paul Sading, um, who really introduced me to the world of mm. fictional podcasting, a.k.a. audio drama. And, um, I, you know, I already had the equipment and I already had, um, you know, some ideas and stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, it might be kind of fun to just like tell a story into a microphone because um, I've got all the equipment and I'm totally, again, um, nervous about having to get an agent and dive into the world of publishing, you know, so why do all that when I can just like read my right. own work into a microphone. And so just like the right now podcast girl in space started essentially as an experiment to see like, okay, what would this look like? What would this take? Um, what, what would it look like to make a successful fictional show through a podcast? Um, so, okay, I'll break it up into seasons and I'll have, a, well, <laughs> initially it was going to be a single narrator because again, I was working with just what I had, but eventually it grew into a giant cast of amazing characters <laughs> who I love. Um, but yeah, until then, um, I launched girl in space in 2017, uh, and season one concluded in 2018 because, you know, I didn't know what I was doing and I was sort of flailing my way through it. Um, and now I'm, uh, working on <laughs> writing season two right now. That's awesome. I know, I know it's, uh, it has such a large cast it, that has to be challenging going from recording, like, you know, you're writing a podcast or, or conversationals yeah. like, like this. And then, then also trying to tie in the whole, like narrative and editing and sound effects and, and that kind of thing. Like, how do you how do you manage something like that? Because I feel like that is such a larger task than just recording like a conversation like this. So how, I mean, how do you go about approaching the two different styles? That is such a good question, podcasting? and it is so different. I, so I think one of the reasons that I was able to start it and then keep going with Girl in Space was that I didn't know up front how much different it was going to be from the Right Now podcast, from my nonfiction show, which is just me talking into a microphone about creativity. Um, girl in space. Oh my gosh. Um, so I, I, I jumped in just with a lot of excitement and eagerness to experiment and realized, uh, about halfway through the season that, so for each episode of the right now podcast for brainstorming and recording and editing and doing the marketing for it, each episode takes me about eight hours for girl in space. Each 30 minute episode takes me over 100 hours to yeah to write oh edit uh you know get the parts out to my cast rehearse with them uh get their recordings uh do the dialogue editing from all the takes that they send me patching that together putting in sound design sound effects um equalizing it max you know uh, mixing and mastering doing the uh marketing for it all of that stuff so um there is such a huge huge valley of difference and i'm really glad i didn't know how much more work it was going to be beforehand or i would have given myself permission to not do it i would have talked myself out of it so yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, I feel like there's because that's the thing is like there's yeah. with narrative. I mean, it's just like writing, right? I mean, there's a difference between writing a blog post and writing an yeah. article that's going to be in the Atlantic versus a book, right? Like all of those things have different processes to them, and I feel like you know, podcasting Absolutely. is no different than that. So that that's <laughs> that's a challenge. Um, do you have any advice for somebody? looking to and i know this is kind of redundant because this is oh, the yeah. point of your right now podcast but someone looking to jump into podcasting yeah. either realm nonfiction or fiction where's the best place to start oh absolutely so are you podcast? looking more for resources or advice <laughs> okay awesome well uh, okay both. i'll start with advice and the advice is to do it the advice is to not talk yourself out of it because you think it will be a lot of work because the the ways in which podcasting has changed my life has been unthinkable and incredible in the best way. Um, it's just, it, it, I, and we can talk a little bit more about this later if you want, but it has completely changed the trajectory of my career sure, and my entire life. Um, so my advice is if you're thinking about starting a podcast, then you should definitely follow that curiosity. Um, as far as um, resources go, um, like I said, you know, years ago, I learned from Cliff Ravenscraft, who is an amazing and wonderful person. I think a lot of those resources are outdated now, um, but I would direct you to, um, to a couple of different things. Uh, first of all, there is a really wonderful community of creators who are extremely giving and generous and helpful. And there's all sorts of these groups all over the internet. Um, if you're a female looking to podcast, there is a wonderful group called She Podcasts on Facebook. It's a uh, thousands and thousands of women who podcast and support each other. Um, so that's a great place to go. I also have my own Facebook group called Seriously Successful Podcasters, um, where I do live streams and we talk about the creative process and I answer questions. Um, I hope it's okay if I'm like talking about my own stuff. <laughs> is, that, is this okay? Okay. <laughs> no, please do. Please do. You have a ton oh, of great resources. That's why I want to add okay, good. because you have um, you so many. You can find many. access to uh, to that group on my website, sarahwerner.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-W-E-R-N-E-R.com. I also have, if you're just looking to get started and just looking to dip your toe in, I also have a free downloadable PDF on my website called the Podcaster's Roadmap. And it just shows you sort of eight steps of, okay, you know, first you're going to need an idea. Next, here's the equipment that you might need. Next, this is how you start using that equipment. And it sort of just gives you an overview of what you're getting yourself into um, if that's something that you're interested in. So I'd encourage you to download that. Um, otherwise, if you're really looking to, um, to get into it, and you're looking to get into the audio drama or the fictional side, um, my good friend Casey Wayland from We're Alive wrote a wonderful book on sound design called Bombs Always Beep. And I really appreciated that primer into uh, doing some thoughtful audio design. So those are just a few resources. Once you start going down the rabbit hole, you will find all sorts of people. Um, it, but just again, I would like to say I have found the podcasting community to be so uplifting and so um, so generous with their time and their knowledge and their expertise. And so um, even going onto Twitter and looking for the hashtag audio drama or audio drama Sunday, um, there's a great thriving fictional podcast community there that I'm a part of um, that's really happy to answer questions. So um, that's just a quick overview of the things that popped into my brain first, but yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I, I do. And listeners, I, I will second oh, recommend you. the roadmap. Oh, thank I you. I use that to get started here for sure. I use that to definitely build, at least build the framework of what this thank is. You. Um, and it was very helpful just to get, you, you know, get the wheels going. And then, like you said, like once you fall down that rabbit hole, there are <laughs> a plethora of options you can go and directions you can kind of reach out and experiment with. I will also second to the, the community has been supportive and helpful in so many ways. Yes. Um, which is unusual. I feel like <laughs> this day and age on the internet, yes. you have so many gatekeepers out there. I feel like the podcasting community 
for the most part does not have that i do too i do which too I which is why i'm so thing. adamant that we keep so. it that way you know <laughs> yes yeah right yes. like be open yes. and be loving be kind keep spreading it um I, I, you know, and I, I think that's part of the reason why you see these tools keep coming out and becoming more accessible is because that community is, is the reason and the drive behind that, right? Like it's the thing that kind of keeps it going. It's like, yeah, a company like Anchor is going to come along and they, they want to make it free and accessible because they know that the audience is going to continue to drive not only their product, but Absolutely. continue to help the genre Absolutely. itself. And that is... Yeah, that's something you won't, I don't think you'll find anywhere else in writing or TV or any other medium. Mm -mm. Uh, you know, I've been on countless blog sites and yes, there's always yeah, there one is. side versus the other, you know. Um, I don't see that anywhere in podcasting. Um, and that's, <laughs> again, that's that's the reason I'm still doing this. I mean, it's not, you know, like you said, like, it's not like this is going to make you millions of dollars or anything like that, yeah. you know, unless you're, I guess, unless you're Joe Rogan, is, but you know, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but, um, so let's take kind of a, a sidestep, I guess. Um, what, Ooh. what's your writing process look like? Cause you, I mean, you're, you're, you're right now podcast has different avenues and the podcast is just one of them. Mm -hmm. I know like the blog's a piece of it, the newsletter's a piece of it. I mean, that's a, yes. it's a multifaceted business you're trying to operate. So what, what is your, what does your process look like when it comes to content? Oh, that's creation such an interesting question. So, oh my gosh, I think that it helps a little bit that I spent 10 years in marketing. So I, I left to start my own business in April of 2017. I left my full-time job and I was like, I am going to be a writer and I experimented with a bunch of different types of writing. So I ghost wrote books for a while. Um, I did content marketing for companies, freelance. Um, I did marketing consulting. And, you know, it, it's writing across a lot of different genres, whether you're writing a book for yourself, you're writing a book for somebody else and ghostwriting, whether you're doing content marketing pieces, um, the process is always at least for me, a little bit similar. And it starts for me with ideas. And the ideas come from giving yourself time and space in which to think and have those ideas. Um, <clears throat> and it's so difficult, I think, for a lot of us creators to give ourselves time and space in which to think because time is such a precious commodity. And space is so, well, <laughs> pre-COVID, space was so impossible feeling. I feel like now in quarantine, we've got almost, <laughs> almost too much space. Um, but you know, time still feels so constrained. It feels so scarce. Um, and so what I do is I start each day with a journaling practice and I get up a little bit extra early to do this and I sit down and I write in my journal and it's not so much a diary or anything like that so much as it is what kind of ideas are in my head right now. And I'll just give myself free space to explore the ideas in my brain. And that's, um, I do that while I drink my coffee. So I kind of multitask a little bit and I wake up slowly, uh, while I'm journaling. <laughs> and then, you know, after about 20 minutes to an hour, um, my brain will be sort of sorted out for the day. And then my my uh, actual paid work can begin. But for me, journaling is such an important part of that creative process because it gives my brain uh, a place to like root down into, into um, I don't know, just this realm of ideas. And so for me, that's been very, uh, very important. And I got that idea from, uh, if you've ever read The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, she talks about morning pages and essentially that's what that is. Yes. Um, and that's a fantastic book and a fantastic resource for creatives. So that's really how my creative process begins is with me just <laughs> dumping everything out of my brain. Um, otherwise, I have this little system. And so my business um, is essentially a writing and content creation business. And, you know, I create podcasts, I write ebooks. Um, I blog, I send out a, a newsletter every Monday called Dear Creators, and this is all part of an intricate system. And um, so basically, 
an idea will serve sort of like what you were talking about earlier, an idea will, an idea will serve a lot of different um, uses. I like to make sure that my content is like it double dips or triple dips or quadruple dips. Right. So um, I will right. have an idea right, right. and that idea will be a chapter in an ebook that I'm writing. And that idea will also be the basis of a right now podcast episode. And then the show notes for that podcast episode will be a blog post. And then I'll repurpose some of the ideas that I explored in the podcast for next Monday's newsletter. And um, I will also use uh, sort of that idea then for um, I do live streams twice a week uh, that are free to attend if you want to attend. They're over on Twitch. Um, and I do a creator's live stream. And that's sort of where I use that to talk about that. And then I'll even break down some ideas from the newsletter, from my podcast, and do Instagram posts about that. So really reusing content um, you can get a lot of content, a lot of helpful content for your audience out of even just one very basic idea. That's fascinating that you use the, uh, it's almost, yeah. I, I don't know, in my mind, I'm envisioning yes. like a prism, like one, one light yes. comes in yes. and then it goes out like six different, seven different angles, right? It's, it's almost, and I, I've kind of noticed this pattern lately. I don't know if it's just been the last couple of years, but like as far as digital online content goes, mm-hmm. I'm starting to see that that's happening across the board, no matter what genre you're in, right? You have tweets being yep. screenshotted and shared on Instagram. You have, you know, TikToks being shared on Reddit. You have like podcast show notes being shared as a blog post. And, you know, if you're doing this right, <laughs> which you clearly, you clearly are, but if, 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 if the artist is doing this right, it's not only is it creating like a wider spread uh, reach or wider, wider spread platform, but you're also, you know, you could set that up where each yes. one of those things is bringing in some yes. piece of income. Even if it's like pennies on an ad, you know what I'm saying? Like it's possible to do that. It, it takes a little, it's again, I'm not the expert here, but it sounds like it takes a lot of planning, but it's manageable to set it up where you're kind of, you know, you're branding yourself across all of these things when really, you know, all of that content is coming from what sounds like your, your morning pages, your journal. It's like one, one bullet point that you decided to explore and, (laughs) and kind of like, you know, towel dry and get every little drip drop out of it. But I mean, in a way, is that essentially um, what you're aiming for? I kind of stumbled my way into that. So of course, you know, coming at anything with the spirit of experimentation, you're going to try a lot of things that don't work before you stumble into something that does work. But I mean, I essentially think of it as this little ecosystem of ideas. Um, And that's what my web presence is. It's, it's an ecosystem of the ideas that I have that I allow myself to have during the journaling process. Um, And, and it, it's, it was difficult for me a little bit um, to make my peace with doing this because it felt so indulgent. It felt self-serving. It felt narcissistic um, because, you know, I, I, hmm, I don't want to say like, oh, you know, a lot of people have a lot of disdain for people who consider themselves to be influencers or gurus or experts. And I, and I never want to say like, oh yes, I am the guru. I'm the expert. I know right. everything because I don't. <laughs> um, and I'm still learning and experimenting every single day, but I mm-hmm. think that it's so important um, you know, like you said earlier, I think you used the word authentic, authenticity, um, just allowing yourself to exist in the world and knowing that your learning process can also um, sort of shepherd other people's learning and growth processes as well. And so that was that was helpful for me to think about, too, is that it's not just like indulgence and all about me. It's something that, oh, people can see my experience and relate to it. And then that helps them to learn and grow as well. Right. And especially with content like yours, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and betterism, I keep tying the two together because we're talking, but, but like the idea behind the content is to like, even just help other people. Right. It's, it's, you're, you're designing stuff that's like, yeah, you're, you're making some money on it, but the idea is not really meant to promote like you and your, you know, bubble. It's yeah. more of like, this is what I'm doing and I'm finding working for me. And anyone who's in that same realm, give it a try, experiment, like see how you can grow or take this idea and make it better. See how you can improve upon it. 
you know, and I think that that mindset that, like you said, that experimental growth mindset of challenging yourself just to take those strides is critical if you want to make it as a creative in 2020 and beyond, (laughs) you know, because there are a lot of things I feel like that I did 10 years ago that Mm -hmm. just, you know, on a blog that would never work now because that's just not how the software, that's not how the system is designed. So how has your process changed over the years? I mean, we talked about podcasting a little bit, but what about like the whole business model itself? Has, has things kind of <laughs> like, have you found yeah. something that oh, gosh, that's didn't such work a good question. and you decided to scrap um, it or And I or think what? this is such an interesting question because it might be different for everyone, um, which is why it's so hard to just go out into the world and find a book that says, here's how to make a ton of money and it just works for everyone, right? Like it would be nice, but it doesn't work. Um, I appreciate what you said <laughs> earlier in our conversation right. about um, separate right. revenue streams. And initially when I started podcasting and when I started toying with the idea of podcasting and writing and creating full-time, I was looking at how do I get paid directly? And I was, I had this thing in my mind of I make podcast, I get money. Like it seemed like a a one for one exchange when really it's a lot more convoluted than that. (laughs) Really the podcast or the free ebook or whatever it is I was creating the newsletter, um, was a step or several steps removed from the actual receiving of income. And so what I mean by that is, oh, I would re- I would create an episode of the Right Now podcast and um, I would get a speaking gig and then that speaking gig would pay me money. And I would create an episode of the Right Now podcast and I would get a writing opportunity, mm-hmm. a ghostwriting opportunity. Someone would reach out to me. Um, I would create an episode of the Right Now podcast and someone would hear about me And they would hire me for uh, a project, a marketing consulting project, something like that. And so it's just been this very interesting exploration of not necessarily making money from my podcast even, which is totally legitimate. And a lot of podcasters make money directly from their shows using ads and sponsorships and um, promo swaps and all of that stuff. But um, for me, all of my different income streams have been... Uh, weirdly indirect, and they've all come from the expertise and the personal branding that I put out in the Right Now podcast, and then my eBooks and my free downloads and stuff like that. It's been it's been very interesting, um, and and I've I've always uh, sort of forced myself to have no fewer than this is going to sound like a lot, but no fewer than seven income streams at any given time. Um, And again, for me, that is, uh, you know, public speaking. Again, COVID, we, um, I was writing for Forbes for a while. So that was an income stream. (laughs) Um, I have a course called Podcast Now, uh, where I teach people how to podcast, and that's an income stream. Um, And so I have all of these uh, different income streams um, that really are only tangentially related to the stuff that I do in my day-to-day work, if that makes any sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Um, and the reason I asked this too is because I feel like the the mindset, like you kind of started off yeah. with, um, is typically the like the go to. I feel like you know creatives like they, uh, <laughs> yes, we. Uh, and I they, it makes it sound like I'm not one of them. Us, we, we, right? Like we we have this idea in mind that's like, oh, I'm gonna write this book and it's gonna sell and I'm I'm gonna make a bunch of money on it. And it's like, yeah that's that might have worked you know decades ago when the when the industry was built that way but but nowadays like that's not that's not really how it works it's like that's one piece of it and in order to even get to that point to like have the book be published and make a lot of money you have to kind of set up like you said like the the framework foundation beforehand which is like the podcast, the newsletter, the blog, um, the tweets, whatever it is, whatever your platform is, the, the streams on Twitch, whatever it is, those things yep. like, yeah, they make a little money. You can make a couple pennies on the ads that, you're, that you have set up with your AdSense account or all that. But in order to sell the big thing, mm-hmm. to get the speaking gig, to sell the book, to sell the movie, whatever it is, like you have to Absolutely. kind of build that framework to get to that point first, right? Like I've, I've noticed that I... I had more inquiries um, for things like editing or, or ghost writing um, 
or mm-hmm. inquiries to like have me submit my work to a specific place. Only once yep. I started practicing in public with the podcast, right? Like yep. the podcast kind of like launched me into that realm. And I guess we can, this is a good place to kind of come back to it since you mentioned it earlier, but the podcast kind of brought me to this realm no. of like, now I have, and I don't mean for this to sound arrogant or cocky listeners. Like I hope it really doesn't come off that way, but you know, I have people who are listening to mm-hmm. me and they hear me say something and it resonates with them and they'll reach out about it. Right. Um, even just like, even if it's something stupid, like edit, yeah. you know, please edit this, this story, you know, I'll give you a couple of bucks, like whatever. And I'm not trying to sell or plug myself or anything. I've just, I'm commenting on it because I'm noticing that the podcast has put me in a position where yes. those kinds of offers yes. and opportunities are happening more. So how yeah. let, let's, let's come back to it then since we're kind of, on base with it but how has that affected you and how has that how have you seen that shift from like absolutely when you started and that's, oh, that's such a fantastic question and i love what you've said here about even your own show and your own opportunities um because that's absolutely how it happens and you know it's and i love this segue too we were just talking about building your platform and i want to be really clear that you don't need to build your platform first like your podcast is part of your platform. So I don't want you to think like, oh, you have to wait until you have a huge following because the way that you're yes. going to get the following is from your podcast. And so it all gets built very no, slowly no, no. together. Um, and yeah, no, you're fine. Even like, and uh, sorry to interrupt, but like, even like, even like old things too. Like, you know, I, I've written a couple of books before I started the podcast and I noticed that the sales on the books that I wrote five, yeah. six, seven years ago, they went up compared to like before I started the podcast, which is fascinating to me because like I wouldn't have had that that voice if it weren't for the the podcast. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's it's strange. And I'm not sitting up here saying that I'm making like thousands of dollars or anything. But again, from someone who casually tracks their stats, who kind of just keeps an <laughs> eye on it without letting it influence or stress me out. <laughs> It's interesting to me to see that jump mm. in just this short time. I mean, I've only, this has been since yeah. April of 2020 that I started this, which is crazy. So, yeah, I mean, can you speak to Absolutely. that a little bit? With, Absolutely. With, like, again, and it's just your um, specific brand? I know that a lot of, so I've, I've talked about this a little bit before at conferences and mm-hmm. stuff, and it, it can be very frustrating for a new creator or a new podcaster. So you've been doing this from April since April and you've, you've seen uh, an uptick, but you know, this is, this is still like ground level for you. Like your potential is huge and it takes time to get there though. And right. that can be really frustrating because I get new podcasters who start and they look at me and they're like, Oh, Sarah, you're making um, a full-time living uh, off of, you know, your creative work. Uh, I started my podcast a month ago and it's not doing that. And it's like, okay, well you do have to invest. Like it takes time to build it. It does not happen overnight. It may seem like it happens overnight to someone else, but you haven't seen the seven or eight mm-hmm. years of work they put in before that happens. So I like to be very, um, very upfront and very forward that it takes time and patience to get to the point um, where you're where you're doing this and maybe where you'd be able to quit your full-time job and do what you love full-time. But all of that aside, um, Yeah. So for me, it started with the Right Now podcast. And just like you said, with your show, the opportunities started coming in. Um, I had uh, some people say, hey, this really resonated with me. Hey, do you have a book for sale on this topic? I'd like to learn more um, about this or this. And it was not what I expected because I was still looking for podcast equal money, but this was more podcast equal opportunity. And then those opportunities equal money. And so some of those opportunities, um, that's how I got my gig writing for Forbes. Someone listened to my podcast and reached out and said, Hey, you know, you podcast about writing. How would you like to write about podcasting? And like, that's how I got that opportunity. It's how I got all of my speaking gigs. Um, and so And it's also, um, you know, the Right Now podcast is what led me to be open to experimenting with Girl in Space. And Girl in Space, um, and I can talk about this openly now, um, I sold the uh, TV and film rights for that. And that is very, it's a very lucrative business to do that as well. Um, 
And so it's just been um, opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and those opportunities compound on each other. Um, so now that I know, you know, people in Hollywood, I can pitch other ideas to them and I can continue growing that side of my business um, if I wish. And so I am I like getting to uh, the point of your question? Like, am I am I answering it? <laughs> OK. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I mean, the, the yeah. thing I wanted to highlight was the fact that you're you're leveling. Right. Like you start right exactly you we all start right. on ground zero like we all start at the bottom and right. you have to work your way up um especially if you don't know anybody right, right? like i there are so many people that don't know anyone and that's okay because that's most of us and it's 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 rare to actually like meet someone and then have something take off the next day that's that never happens but my point is the the leveling up yeah. is the piece that i feel like mm, is the takeaway here is we need to understand like the, the way that our brains have kind of adapted with technology. Right. We kind of like, now we expect things to be done like immediately. Uh, you, like, I mean, take email, for example, right? Like <laughs> 30 years ago, 40 years ago, that was a, a letter in the mail, right? You wanted me to pay a bill. You had to make sure that you put the stamp in, you get it in the mailbox by a certain time, right? Otherwise it's not getting to the, the collector on time. Email, PayPal, Venmo, right? All of those things obviously change that game. But the same thinking or the same line kind yeah. of applies to creators. Um, you have to kind of keep building. You got to keep going. And the things that you make 10 years ago, right? You never know if, if that's going <laughs> to get some attention because of what you're doing now, right? Like, you have to you have to kind of think long term because it's not an overnight game. Right. Um, again, unless you, unless you somehow know somebody who has a, a super super connection, you know, it's not going to be an overnight thing. You have to kind of, you know, be strategic and and learn from your experiences. Right. Don't be afraid to fail, but you also have to keep moving forward, right? I mean, I my mind keeps coming back to that Stephen king quote where he talks about and mm -hmm. i'm paraphrasing but he talks about like in order to be a good writer you have to read lots and lots of books right the same goes for podcasting the same goes for any art right in order to be good at it you have to keep consuming it mm -hmm. but you also have to manage and and maintain and balance the time there because it's so easy to say okay well i wrote this book i spent the last year now i'm going to spend two years traveling the world and this money right, that right. is eventually going to come on this advance it's like no that's not, that's not how it works you know like the 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 yeah. creation process has to be balanced out with the con the consumption process um and it will it will take right, hold and right, take foot but right. like, you can't expect so it's, the it's really interesting that you say overnight. that because the idea for Girl in Space would not have sold rights for a, a, a TV show or a film unless I had done all the work of building my platform, building my audience, getting into a space where I could meet my TV agent. And like, so it's just this everything builds off of each other. And now, because of all that work I've put in, okay, oh, suddenly now um, it's mm -hmm. something that, you know, I can sell to Hollywood. And but, you know, if I would have tried as a person who just had the idea for Girl in Space and no audience and no contacts and none of that, um, it, I wouldn't have been able to sell it at all. And so it's and, and I initially even um, I met my agent uh, while I was speaking at a conference. And so it's like, oh, my public speaking stuff played a role in that, too. And so it's just um, creating this network of opportunities. And also as you're building your platform, remembering how important it is to meet and connect and make friends with other creators and with people in your industry and outside of your industry as well. Um, yeah. Making those connections is so crucial. Yeah. The oh, absolutely. Yeah. The relationship building is, I've, that's another piece of it. That's so often oh. forgotten. Um, <laughs> You know, no. it's, you you can't burn those bridges. <laughs> That's that is not going to get you anywhere, right? You have to you got to be kind, and you got to you know be willing to learn and be open minded, yeah. and also like accept accept the losses because they're going to happen too. Like sometimes you're gonna you're gonna yep. meet somebody, and it sounds like something's going to happen, and then for whatever reason, it'll fall it's through. Not about you, and you got to be willing that to happens. like not let yep. that eat you. Um, I can't. No, right, exactly. I can't tell you how many times I had this one book. 
I was working Good. on 10 years ago. Um, I ended up just self-publishing it, but it, you know, I was getting it shopped around, shopped around and like two or three publishers mm. accepted it. And then there were small presses and this was around the time of Amazon starting to produce. So it started to kill the small press. Right. And so then they folded and then the book never got made. So eventually I was just like, all right, well, I don't want to spend any more time on this book. I need to move on to the next project and I'm going to self-publish it and see what happens. Right. And now it's one of those books that like, <laughs> you know, I'm, yep. you, you yeah. talk about these things and someone goes back to it and they end up <laughs> buying that book. And I'm not, I'm not even trying to like sell it. I'm not trying to plug it. It's just, that. it's there. It's available. Someone found it. They wanted to read it. You know, uh, it, it's such a, I don't know. It's like a full circle. It, it's, it's a creative mm -hmm. process that is so much more than what you think it is. It's not, it's not, yes, the, the individual and introverted part of it that so many of us love is important, but that's not the only part. You have yeah. to be willing to talk yeah. to others, yes. um, to learn, yes. to experiment, to grow, to bounce around. <laughs> so, cool. Uh, can we talk a little oh. bit about, I don't know how, how um, open you are to talk yeah. about this or if you're allowed to, but uh, with the film rights or TV rights for Girl in Space, how did that... No, um, so talk about like where a million and what, years. Or? So, okay. Time is so weird. Right. Um, <laughs> um, pretty soon after, um, yes, it is. <laughs> I was connected with my agent. Um, she started shopping around, uh, uh, the story and we had several people who were interested in it. And, um, that was really exciting. And it's, you kind of just watch one by one as those fall through for some reason or another. Um, if they, you know, can't get the right people for the project, or if your executive development team, um, you know, if you lose them somehow, or like, there's just all, like you said earlier, there's like all these things that will go wrong. And so of course, this process takes a lot of patience, and it takes a lot of time. And even with my initial contract, it took, I think, a full year, mm -hmm. a full year to get this contract hammered out. Like, it seems like something that you should be able to do in like a week, right? But no, it took a full year. And it's really funny too, because I've been talking yeah, with right. some other contacts now in the industry and it's like, oh no, that's normal. Or, oh, that's actually really quick. Like, like oh, you're on the fast track. And I'm like, this is the fast track. Um, <laughs> and so it just, it can, oh my gosh. So it's it feels simultaneously uh, eternal, but also it goes by very quickly because you know, you're working on your other work and stuff in the, in the meantime. Um, but yeah, let's see. Um, sure. There's a little bit of flexibility and give and take I've learned that you have to have during the process. Um, I know it's really easy for creators to think about their project as their baby and how nobody else can mess with it or change it or anything like that. But uh, you do have to learn to be a little bit flexible. You have to learn how to um, work with other people who have often what are better ideas than what you can come up with yourself for your project. Um, so just learning to be patient, flexible, and open-minded and to realize that um, other people can help make your story even better. Um, that was just something that I had to learn uh just as I went through the process, because I was so used to being a solo creator, you know, I was so used to, oh, only I ever, you know, touched my creative work. And it's like, oh, now mm -hmm. this is going to like a committee and people are like changing it. And it's just, so I had to like really learn how to say, oh, okay, this yeah. is all for the best. This is all for the best of the story. Um, these people have so much more experience than I do. And I just need to respect that. So uh, that was another thing too, that was, um, that was surprising was um, the amount of input that complete strangers will have on your work as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, in, you know, it's important. Anyone who's sat through any kind of uh, writing workshop or anything like that, you, I'm sure you can attest oh gosh, to having yes, yes, what it feels yes. like to having, um, you know, your baby picked apart. <laughs> it's, it's rough, but that's, you know, the deeper you get into the, the industry side of it, the more willing you have, to, like you said, the more willing and open mind you have to be to letting, yes. letting yeah. it evolve and take shape outside of your own control. Right. And it, I mean, ultimately that's why things like self-publishing exist. That's why, 
you can, if you want to, go on Amazon mm-hmm. and KDP and, and publish your book. Like that gives you full range. You're welcome to do that. But, you know, there's pros and cons right. to that. Like, yeah, right. you have full control, but you have, there's much, much less distribution there, right? So then the marketing falls on you, right? So like there's, there's two sides of that coin, no matter what the medium is, podcasting, movies, books, whatever it is. But yeah. I think that takeaway is huge, is that open-mindedness. Yes. Be willing to but like and, be yeah. vulnerable with your your little pet project. Um, and that's, you know, it's not it's not easy. And I'm not I'm not saying it to make it sound like it's yeah, easy, it's but necessary. it is something that and it's like on the other side of that, to too go that direction, is, you have to be willing um, to do it. discerning when criticism is bad or harmful to your project and then learning how to stand up to that. And so it's just this like really weird, delicate dance like, oh, is this idea yeah. good or is this going to like ruin my project? Um, <clears throat> so even like learning how to discern that was a huge learning curve for me as well. Right. So do you have any advice on that? I mean, since we're kind of in it, is there anything like if someone who's in that scenario or looking to get put themselves in that scenario, how do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Um, so for like me, it, it came the down to good understanding why feedback. I had written the story in the first place and understanding the vision behind the story and what I wanted it to accomplish in the world. And so um, for me, it was Girl in Space. Uh, I initially wrote it to help people understand that they're not alone, uh, that they are loved, that you know life can be good and joyful and warm, and you can find friends and family. You can have a found family. Um, so it, those themes were really, really important to me. And so that was sort of my rubric going down the road for, okay, this new idea that this person has, does that really does that work in tandem with my vision for what the show will accomplish? Or does that, mm, oh, they want to put in, you know, this really violent scene. It's like, well, okay. Um, action is exciting, but can we do it in a way that doesn't tear down, um, you know, this really important value uh, that's in the story. And so for me, that was sort of the rubric is, does it make the story more or does it make the story less? Um, so that that was that was uh, a point of discernment for me. And even mm. um, I originally created the show to be family friendly. And I know a lot of people listen with their kids. And I had somebody saying they wanted to spice up the language. And so that was a really interesting conversation. It's like, well, I created this to be family friendly. And, you know, and we had to go back and forth on what that meant. Um, and who would then have access to the show. And, you know, so it was just. Um, it's, it's a very interesting learning experience. Yeah. And I feel like you gotta, you also need to be uh, self-aware of some sort. Like you need to know what, what the message and the purpose is behind it. And right. you also need to be aware of your own abilities to like stand your ground. Cause there are, there's definitely going to be, times oh, and, yeah. and people who are trying to like push you oh, over yeah. and to then at that point their, you just have to ask yourself work, is this the hill i want to die be on the best idea <laughs> like yeah <laughs> right right <laughs> right so it's a it's an interesting dance like you said the uh the creative feedback dance it's the the back and forth um you know mm-hmm. it's not easy to mm-hmm maintain that vulnerability as a creative but you know if you're growing and you yeah. continue pushing on project to project to project like that's something you're gonna have absolutely to develop. It's yes a it's a tool for the toolkit as tim ferris would say <laughs> so Ooh. all right sarah um this yes, sounds like excited. a good spot to transition to the rapid fire questions you want to make that jump cool all right so first question what are you currently reading at the moment and would you recommend All right. it? So, and again, that could be uh, taken I'm on a loosely. horror kick lately, what are you consuming? Which I know, so, so like usually I, I love, well, I love fiction and nonfiction, um, but I've been on a horror Ooh. kick. And so I don't know if this is something you usually get on your show, but I've been reading um, The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. And it is horrifying. And I would only recommend it to people who really enjoy mm. gory horror. That's probably not the response you expected from me, but that is what I'm reading right now. <laughs> okay. I have gotten wait, wait, horror wait. responses before, but not Graham. That was a, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's a, 
that's a yes another <laughs> another realm of of horror in, oh, in, yeah. in himself <laughs> we'll say that <laughs> talented for what he is though that's for sure cool all right uh so question two what is your favorite meal to prepare and cook this can be for yourself, for your friends and family. Or like I do. A special dish I, you like to make I really tomorrow, enjoy like um, a to, uh, simple roast chicken. Um, it's so it's so simple. I just do um, salt and pepper, but there's just so much care and timing that goes into roasting a perfect chicken. Um, and I love it. It's such a classic and simple meal. Um I like to do roast vegetables and salad alongside it. Um, but it's just the whole house smells good. Uh, you can use the leftovers for sandwiches or pot pies or whatever, uh, whatever you like to use leftover chicken for. Um, but it's just such a great feeling to sit uh, around a table with, well, for me, it's just me and my partner, Tim, um, who actually usually does most of the cooking, but um I don't know. It just feels very, very homey, very comforting. Yes. Yes. Mm, it's oh definitely God, a comfort food. Chicken. And it has that smell too. Like, you know, when it's being cooked, you're like, oh, oh yes. And it's very, I feel like you hit the nail on the head too. Like it is, it's kind of temperament. Like you have to mm -hmm. be careful with the, the mm -hmm. timing. Cause if, you know, too much and then it's mm -hmm. too dry and too little, of course, then it's not safe. Right. Like, so you got to find that like middle ground. But when you do, oh, yeah. it becomes oh, so yeah. versatile because you can use it for, like you said, like sandwiches, uh, soup, casseroles, whatever. <laughs> Definitely a go to. Cool. OK. All right. And then final question. Um, don't feel like you have to go profound with this, but you can if you want to. So um, <laughs> what's one life? I'm an introvert and I'm like a person who maybe you can't tell this from the work that I do now. I'm like terrified of people. <laughs> And so one of the most important and valuable lessons that I had to learn uh, came from a, a woman in a leadership program that I took, and she really just hammered this point home. And that was make them tell you no. Um, I'd been in a very, uh, I've been a very passive person, and I didn't really realize that I needed to put myself out there and ask for what I wanted out of life. And so for me, getting the courage to ask for a raise, getting the courage to, um, you know, ask to be paid what I was worth at the companies that I worked at. Um, I had to go into that with the mindset of, you know, make them tell, you no. and the, you know, the worst thing they can say is no. Um, but ask for what you want because nobody is going to hand it to you. <laughs> and so, um, but I think that's going to be my piece of advice is, um, be courageous and, ask for what you want. And the worst thing that they can say is no. And then you go and do it for yourself. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. It's so true. I mean, like you said, yeah, the worst exactly. thing that can happen. Exactly. Is just, no, sorry. It's so like, all right, all right. Well, I kind me. of already prepared myself for this, you know? <laughs> Excellent. All right, Sarah. Well, it has been um, awesome. Well, thank you chat today i really appreciate having you on the show and i'm grateful for your time where can wonderful um so everything is out at my website my check out your podcast which is sarahwerner.com that's s-a-r-a-h-w-e-r-n-e-r.com you can find links to my free podcasting pdf i think i have a free ebook out there um you can sign up for my dear creators newsletter you can attend my live streams like everything uh is out there at my website you can also find the right now podcast and that's w-r-i-t-e uh out on apple podcasts you can find it on spotify all of the places where you find podcasts normally uh girl in space is also out there available for everyone and again that one is fiction so that throws people for a loop sometimes a lot of people don't know that there's fiction podcasts but you can find girl in space out there. Uh, and then for my website, you can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of, you know, all of those places as well. So come connect with me. For sure. And I listeners, anyone oh, looking to uh, try to launch and start their podcast. Thank you. That makes me really happy. I'm that. really glad really that it was useful for you. Very, 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 very useful. 
for sure. Um, and I'm definitely, I mean, now that I'm all inspired because of our conversation right now, but I am definitely going to start aiming oh, very for excited a right now. podcast. That's my <laughs> next, uh, my next bid project. So we'll see where that goes. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Awesome. I, I have my plate is Glenn, pretty thank full. Thank you so much is, for this but, opportunity. You know, it has there's been always a delight talking more creativity, to you. So we'll see. Sounds My great. pleasure, Sarah. It was great talking to you as well. Bye. I'll, uh, we'll talk soon and we'll connect again soon. Hey guys, just one more quick thing before you take off. Um, I wanted to take a second to express my sincere gratitude for your time and your attention. It's appreciated way more than you realize. Um, if you'd like to support our cause and what we're doing here at Betterism, there's a few ways you can do that. Um, you could share, rate, or review the show. Um, it's available wherever you get podcasts. You can join our blog and contribute some of your wisdom to our growing family. Or if you're able to, you can donate or subscribe any amount to paypal.me slash bingbang. That link is in the show notes. Um, thanks again so much for your time, and I hope you have a great day. Well, that's it, friends. Thanks for tuning in. I hope to swing through again. If you'd like to reach out, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at medium.com slash betterism. Be better at whatever it is you're building. And remember, friends, stay learning. <laughs>